It's not just another boring podcast from some loser broadcasting from his mom's basement. It's from his dingy garage instead. Whatever, man. We cover everything. Pop culture, food, let me guess, tacos again? That's that's what this show's about. Politics, sports, entertainment, and whatever the hell else is on his mind. I have an addictive personality. Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Scared to tell us the city, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo! Oh, I'm fired up! Let's go! Let's go! I ain't gonna waste time. Welcome to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner, my government name. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Tune in, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, in the search, the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Type that in, you'll find every single episode. I've done shows with Stephen A. Smith. I've done shows with Walter Goss. You know him if you listen to him. Amy Van Dyken. James Washington, all those episodes, Thanksgiving, whatever, man, it's all there. All there, all archived. Enough of all that. I am freaking hyped right now. I haven't been on uh, on the podcast in a while. I know the last couple podcasts were like, "Eh, whatever. Man, no, I'm back. I am here. I am ready to go. I'm fired the hell up right now. Oh, I'm so mad. Why am I mad? I'll tell you why I'm mad. First of all, I ain't had tacos in like two weeks, so I'm already going through taco withdrawals. Trust me, not a pretty thing. Don't want to be around me for that. Withdrawing a lot, okay? Now, a story broke out late yesterday and continued on to today. Today meaning March 13th. Now, there's been a scandal that's been uncovered by the FBI, and the name of the scandal is called Operation Varsity Blues going to read this little excerpt from ABC. Authorities say the operation dubbed Varsity Blues uncovered 33 parents described by U.S. Attorney Andrew Lelling as a catalog of wealth and privilege who collectively paid $25 million to a college admissions counselor named William Singer, who pleaded guilty and agreed to cooperate in an investigation into what Lelling called the widening corruption of elite college admissions. In exchange for the money, Singer alleged bribed college officials, allegedly bribed college officials, I can barely read, but I am a college graduate, coaches and college entrance exam administrators, who then helped students secure admissions, not on their merits, but through fraud. Singer pleaded guilty, rat, in Boston to racketeering conspiracy and obstruction of justice. Parents spent anywhere from $200,000 to six point five. Million dollars to guarantee their children's admission, some officials have said. The FBI set out to arrest 46 of the 50 defendants. So far, 42 arrests have been made, and those defendants have made their initial appearance, according to ABC News. Okay. Since William Singer wanted to cop a deal because he ratted out everybody, he said, if I'm going down, everybody's going down. Even though he caused it on himself and he made himself available, To be able to bribe these people, he got everyone involved. Authorities said coaches in such sports as soccer, sailing, tennis, water polo, and volleyball took payoffs to put students on lists of recruited athletes regardless of their ability or experience. Once they were accepted, many of these students didn't play the sports in which they supposedly excelled. Really? That doesn't look obvious to somebody? Oh, look at me. My son is probably 110 pounds soaking wet. But you know what? 
He's a football scholar. Why don't we put him on the football team? Give him a scholarship, right? Maybe get him in. Lower admission. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Oh, he's quitting now. But, hey, he's going to stay at the school? Come on, give me a break, man. Wow. <laughs> Prosecutors said parents were also instructed to claim their children had learning disabilities so they could take the ACT or SAT by themselves and get extra time. So they paid off the proctors that were watching them take the exam and get slower times so they could get the answers, you know, get better answers, I, I, I'm assuming. The applicant's athletic credentials were also falsified with the help of staged photographs of them playing sports or doctored photos in which their faces were pasted onto the bodies of genuine athletes, authorities said. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> There's some famous people involved in this, too. Lori Laughlin that played Aunt Becky on Full House and Felicity Huffman. She starred in many movies and, 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 and all these good shows that are on. So many to name, but that's not the point, okay? It's a story because two famous actresses paid a lot of money to get their kids into their respective schools. Singer was prosecuted in Boston and gave up all of the people that paid him off. All right, look, I get it. As a parent, you want to make sure your kids get the best in life. And those actresses and all these rich folks work their asses off to make their money and they want to make sure their kids have the best because they can afford it. Okay. Here's the thing. Let's start with the first thing. Whatever happened to busting your ass in school, getting good grades, pay for the tutors because you got the money if your kids are suffering in certain subjects, pay the tutors. Have them work their ass off and get the best grades possible. Have five schools in mind. So if you can't get into Harvard or Yale, maybe UCLA, USC. Can't do those? Do University of Laverne. I turned out okay. Oh, wait, I'm not rich. <laughs> but anyways, whatever. Shout out to Laverne. Anyways, my point is simply this. Number one, work your ass off. What happened to that? Why cheat? And I, I, and I get it already. Some people have said this, and I agree with this also. If your kid can't get into school, hey, look, I can put my name on that building for $3.5 million. You know what? Let's come on in, Mr. Smith. Now it's uh, Tony and Jamie Smith's Memorial Gymnasium, and your kid is in school. I think that's wrong, too. But it's legal. I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. That's just how it is. But if you're going to spend... $6.5 million to get your kid into a school. Hell, you can build your own college for that much. What the hell? Go to a lesser school and buy out everything. Make sure they get everything. I don't get it. But there's people who well, did the best they could to ensure their kids have the best. Falsifying documents. Now, I'm going to open a can of worms so big, I'm going to piss everybody off. There's people out there that admire this. There's people out there that say they were just doing what they could to keep that legacy going. Okay. All right. I'll tell you what. I sit here in Los Angeles, okay? Roughly out about 35 minutes from downtown Los Angeles. That's where I'm at. I can hit the I-5, and in two and a half hours, I will hit a city called San Ysidro, California. 
Okay? Yes, I'm going there. You can hit a city called San Ysidro, California, day and night, 24-7, 365. There's people, not all of them, but there's people looking out for their families, falsifying documents, creating fake pictures to make a better life for their family. I'll tell you what, if y'all so worried about how mistreated these rich folks are, that were just doing what they could to provide for their families and make a legacy. I want that same energy with the people that work their ass off that are coming into this country. And I'm not saying all of them. Yes, there's people that bad people there, but there's probably bad people within this 50. Why are you comparing them, Jake? It's simply this. There are friends of mine that have friends and family that came here to make a better life for themselves. And got criticized. You don't belong here. You're not from here. You're not born here. You're not a citizen. But the productive people. They're just trying to do what's best for their family. <laughs> Same thing, right? Same thing, right? Tell me it's not. I'm just saying this. Keep that same energy. What about the people? Especially, all right, all right. I'm going to get deep on this even more. Look at all the people, especially in California, on weed charges. A lot of those people, even though they broke the law, were trying their best to feed their families. No excuses. I'm not saying it's right. But if you're going to be all, oh, but, you know, Lori Laughlin, she was just doing her best. And throw money at a situation to make her kids' lives better. Which her daughter even tweeted that she was kind of ungrateful for it, you know. Like, oh, I just want to party. I don't really care about school. Now mom had to put up a million dollar bail bond and go back to Canada to go to work and she has this hanging over her now forever? <laughs> yeah, I may be wishy-washy. I may not be making sense to some of y'all. But to me, I'm not going to pay no $500,000 to make sure my kid gets into Harvard. Do it the old-fashioned way. Be a school, a school boy, a school girl. Put your party in the side just a little bit. Turn in your assignments on time. Get good grades. I finished high school with a 3.8 GPA, and I partied every weekend. Sorry, Mom. I stole liquor from her cabinet, and uh, there's people that would sell us 40-ounce uh, bottles of uh, OD. Sorry. But I still did my work, and I got accepted to every college that I applied for. All of them, except Cal State San Bernardino. <laughs> Man, I'm talking LMU. I'm talking like UCLA, USC. They were all like, yeah. I couldn't afford them, but I want to stay close to home. Cal State San Bernardino. We don't accept you. Dude, I got accepted to all the... No, we don't accept you. Fine. But the old-fashioned way. Work hard. Try to get into those schools. Get good grades. No, everybody want to take the easy way. And you can use the same argument I said about, like, you know, people coming from across the border. Do it the right way. Not saying what they did is right. But if we're going to condemn people, let's condemn all the way around. Let's be fair all the way around. This isn't a political show. This isn't, you know, I'm not leaning to the left or to the right. I don't care. I don't, I don't care about party lines because they're Republicans and Democrats as far as I'm concerned. They're both a gang. I said it. They're both a gang. Simply this. You can't cheat your way through life and expect not to get a slap on your wrist. You can't try to enter the country illegally without a slap on the wrist. Same thing. But one isn't better than the other. If you're going to tell me, and I've had people tell me this, 
oh, come on, man. I mean, they're just trying to do what's best for their families. So are the people that are trying to cross the border. So are the people that are out there hustling late at night doing illegal things. That does not qualify it to be right. Any of those categories. But if you're going to tell me this is right, you better say the border crossing's right, the drug dealing's right, and all that other stuff is right. You can't. They're all wrong. You got to do it the right way. Period. Do it the right way. The celebrities, yeah, it's a story because of them. But this kind of stuff goes on all the time. So all I'm saying is simply this. It's all wrong. Work your ass off. Work three jobs if you have to. I went to college, yes, later in life. I worked 60 hours a week, raising two babies at the time, full-time work, all of that. Got into the school I wanted to get into. Everyone could do it. Rich, poor, black, white, Latino, Asian, I don't give a damn. Do it the right way. Don't qualify any of this wrongdoing. Because you got to do that, what's best for the family, then qualify everybody else across the board. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. All right, everybody. As you know, I work for the Los Angeles Clippers. And the guy that sits to the right of me usually, except to the left of me, he has the Belvedere's to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Seaman, voice of uh, the Los Angeles Clippers on radio side. How are you today, sir? I'm good. I'm discombobulated. I'm used to looking <laughs> over my left and, and being able to chat, but it's good, man. Uh, I've actually heard a few of your podcasts before. I apologize in advance. Yeah, so no, I was waiting for that. <laughs> so now we can continue with, the, uh, with our podcasting now. But no, it's good. I'm glad to be here. It's good to have you on. Uh, first of all, you have an interesting story. Tell your story of how you started in the business and how you got to where you are now. I'll try to give, the, without the war and peace of it all, but I was lucky <laughs> as a young kid, 8, 9, 10 years old, that I knew that this is exactly what I wanted to do right. in the NBA. And so I played basketball. I was okay. I was not great. And then <laughs> uh, when I was a junior in high school, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I'm like, man... I'm not going to make it. This isn't going to be my career like being in the NBA. Right. <laughs> we had a high school radio station, so I went there, and I started calling all the games and uh, called football, called basketball, and uh, went to the University of Kansas and, and worked at the student station and, and met some good people there. And um, From there, got into the minor leagues, and that was in 2000 and was in the CBA, which no longer exists. Right. was a long 50-year running league that yes. was owned and operated by the uh, NBA. Uh, but from there was really where the platform where I jumped. So I started networking, which, as you know, is the key to our Absolutely. our wonderful business. And I started sending out tapes and resumes and more about you know inquiring to current NBA play-by-play guys, both radio and television. Here's who I am. Here's where I am. And this is where I want to go. What right. advice do you have? And I was blown away by the responses in terms of the volume of them some of them were keep going keep doing it and then others had really specific advice and a couple of guys said your next job is not an nba pre and post job your next job should be in the wnba do whatever you can to get to the wnba and i'm like 
So I called the guy. He said, WNBA, tell me what, what I'm missing here. And he's like, well, you're missing the fact that you're going to be in an NBA market, all teams owned by an NBA team. Right. You're going to be hired by an NBA broadcasting director, and so you're going to have inroads for a potential opening down the road, whatever happens. And, and that's what happened. So in 2002, I got a job uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx, and it went really well. Became their backup guy, got their full-time job in 06, was there for one year. And in 07, the Clippers called and said, if you want the job, it's yours. And to be honest, it means it sounds like it's an easy transition to right. go from Minnesota to L.A. Everyone I spoke to said, what are you waiting for? <laughs> I, I mean, and I said, well, they gave me two weeks to make a decision. He's like, well, why would I call them back the next minute? What are you waiting for? So I was from Des Moines, Iowa. My wife is from Des Moines, Iowa. Right. We were close. We were trying to start a family. I was comfortable. I'm a creature of habit. But, uh, it, you know, they flew me out. The Clippers did. And we were walking around downtown, not too far from here. We mm -hmm. went to eat at the Palms, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, the team president at the time says, this is what it's like in February. And it was like a 75-degree <laughs> day. And I thought, you know, that's pretty easy to get used to. So, oh, yeah. So that's my, those are my, that's my story. There, there's, <laughs> I could write a book about all the things that happened in between there. But I've been very lucky to have good people around me that have been willing to give me breaks. I've, I've had a wife, my girlfriend and I, girlfriend, then my wife, we've right. known each other since second grade. And wow. she's always been supportive, never, ever complained about, you know, you're always gone or whatever. And we're only gone during, this, during the, the season at right. home. Uh, during the summer, I'm literally home all day, and the, to the point where she's excited <laughs> for the season to start again. But like I said, you know, I would love to say I'm the most talented guy in the world, and I've got this unique view. I just got really lucky. I worked super hard. I, right. I really did, but I got lucky, and that's the common denominator for all of us in these great positions. That's key, working hard and networking. I, and I try to tell everybody that asks me about how to break into the business, you have to network. Like this job, I didn't even – I could apply for it. <laughs> right. I actually, somebody knew me and said, hey, do you want to do it? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to do it. It's the Clippers. It's NBA. Of course I want to do it. And we have similar parallels because the Palm Restaurant that's down the street is where I brokered my first affiliate sales deal. Wow. It's a seven-figure deal, and I had wow. $7, $7 in my pocket. Wow. <laughs> so now I know where to go for the loan on that commission, yes. Oh, no, the commission was very little. <laughs> mm, I believe it when I see it. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, so you're listening to Brian Seaman on the Big Brother Jake podcast. Brian, you know, being in this market, everybody looks at the Lakers as Big Brother. Mm -hmm. Everybody says, you know, we look at the 16 championship banners. Well, they're covered up now, which is a good thing for us. But I don't think people realize there's a slow transitioning about to happen in this city. I know LeBron, he's king and all that. But with this team that you see, you've seen a lot of Clipper teams over the years. How do you think this team will pan out? I'm excited about it. So before we get to the Clippers, you, I always – I'm a big believer in honoring what's happened before you. And yes. so uh, with the exception of the Boston Celtics, maybe the modern-day Chicago Bulls, every single team would trade their history for the Lakers. This Absolutely. is the brand everybody wants to be. They're the Cowboys. They're the Yankees. Yes. They're amazing, and it's come from sustained excellence. They haven't had all-star players. They've had legendary players, right. players that people still continue to talk to and, and compare to. So I honor and respect all of that. I truly do. So from this point on, or really in my mind from 2014, yes. August of 2014 to be specific, uh, was when a gentleman by the name of Steve Ballmer became oh, owner of this him. team. And to me, this was a rebirth. <laughs> they were an expansion team that just happened to have three all-star caliber players yes. and a, a world-class coach. 
And that's when the transformation to me really began. And, you know, when you're at, at sea and you're trying to turn around a ship, it takes a while. It doesn't, oh, it you does. can't do it on a dime. <laughs> right. So the way I look at the way this is going to pan out is that in the next 10, 15, 20 years, this is going to be an even playing ground, right? Right. So I feel like the Lakers from the 60s, 70s, and 80s with Jerry West and Jerry Buss, Dr. Buss, they were they were so far ahead of the game that it was not a level playing ground. Right. And that's because of their brilliance, not because of anything else. Right. But now everybody has an education. Now everybody, the rules are a little bit different. The markets are this not necessarily so different. Right. And I think that with Steve Ballmer running this show, with Lawrence Frank as a, as the mm-hmm. as the team president on the basketball side, and Doc Rivers running the show on the sidelines, it's going to be a different world. And it's not just going to happen on the floor because one thing that Steve Ballmer has done is he has become so involved in this community; it has been mind blowing. So right. uh, when he took over, one of the things he wanted to do was get involved with kind of the local basketball scene. So he sponsors, I think it's over 4,000 kids in the little in the junior Clippers. So yes. if you play YMCA basketball, you're wearing a Clippers jersey. Right. In the city of Los Angeles, there were, I want to say, 300 courts uh, that were kind of uh, owned by the city, and mm-hmm. they were kind of uh, rec centers for kids in different types of neighborhoods. They right. all needed some refurbishment. And the city came to, to Steve and the Clippers, and they said, would you be willing to donate a million dollars and you could fix a couple of the courts? He says, let's just do them all. So Steve Ballmer isn't just changing the product on the floor. He's changing the view of the Clippers in the community as Absolutely. a whole. They've been a joke. They happened because Absolutely. they were. Yes. They, their ownership before was an embarrassment. I worked for the guy, yes. and it was embarrassing to be a part of that. And now there's a – I mean, it's literally a 180. It's a, a level of pride when you hear the things that you know this organization on the business side is doing. So right. it's a slow transformation if they win two titles in the next five years, that does not make them the modern-day Lakers. Right. But you're going to see the blueprint, the, the, the pipeline. It's going to go very well. And I hope I'm here in 30 years because if I am, I think people are going to be talking about the Clippers in a much different way than they are today. Absolutely. And I hope to be here that long, too, because <laughs> yeah. I would love to see that transition. And being a Laker fan, lifelong Laker fan, and I get teased from my friends like the Clippers, the Clippers. I'm like, you guys aren't seeing the big picture. You guys should watch the, the Laker games on the History Channel because you're living in the past, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> there's bigger and better things about to happen with this team. Just watch. And slowly but surely, the ticket requests have started happening. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, oh, so the Clippers are really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they are. They are. And no, you can't have tickets. So forget it. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been I'm, my first year. And I know you've gone through that. My first year here, we had a, just had our son, and we were. Um, uh, my wife had met a, a gal in like uh, so literally weeks old. Right. And they go and they have like a parenting class to kind of help you through the first month or so. Uh huh. They got to know each other, and we go out to dinner, and I'd have never met her or her husband. And her husband comes up. She says, well, what do you do for a living? He was a cocky, arrogant <laughs> fool. And uh, I said, well, I'm the, I was proud, as I sure, am, for as the job be. that I am. I mm-hmm. said, I'm a radio voice of the Clippers. He's like, oh, maybe one day that job will mean something. Wow. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> welcome to L.A. Wow. It never bothered him. It made me waver in my belief of what we were doing. But right. It's it, funny because, you know, he clearly was a Laker fan. Of course, And, and yes. you know, since that time almost, the Clippers have dominated the series. They haven't done anything big picture stuff, but, uh, but I always – What re- have you done for me lately? I know. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do remember that moment, and <laughs> wow. it's, uh, it, was, it was a good one. Yeah, and, you know, no tea times being set, but, you know, I'm talking about <laughs> the school. I'll stop that. You're listening to Brian Seaman, play-by-play voice of the Los Angeles Clippers here on the Big Brother Jake podcast. Brian, when I used to work for the Dodgers, one of the – things I love to do the most was travel with the team. 
what's some of your favorite cities that you like to partake in? I love Chicago. I love New York. I used to love Montreal. There's reasons why people like Montreal. I can't really get into that. Let's just say the ballet was really nice. Mm. But, what, <laughs> but what are some of the places you like to visit? What do you like to do? Well, I'll get New York's my all-time favorite. Absolutely. And it's just there's an energy in that in that in that city that is unlike any other. Now, I'm, my favorite city in the world truly is Los Angeles. Always yes, has been same, growing same, up. Same. Uh, but I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa. You right. grew up here, correct? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, from afar, I was always jealous. New York has an energy, a buzz about it. I love Broadway shows. I I just love Love the whole, the whole vibe of it. Yes. But there are cities where I've lived where I still like going back to Minnesota, where I'm a, I'm right. I'm the most sentimental guy for sure <laughs> in the United States. And so uh, I we, we used to live in Denver, my wife and I. Love so I, I go back yes. to Denver and I see all the places that we went. Uh, but New York City, by far and away, is is an all time great. Now one of the hidden gems. I feel is Toronto. Yes. Now, if you ever go Love to a, Toronto, I've had a couple people this year ask me, "Hey, man, we're going to do a trip, and we wanted to go see a game. Where would you recommend going?" And they said, "We've got you know San Antonio, we've mm -hmm. got Golden State, and we've got Utah. What, what, what would you recommend?" And I said, "Well, if, if you really want to see a great game, yes, go to Toronto. And it's not even that the team is good, which they are. Right. Um, the fans are so rabid." for the the Toronto Raptors. Mm -hmm. It is awesome. It is absolutely awesome to watch. And it's hard to win up there, but yes. there's such a melting pot. It, the, the community is just, it's just awesome. It's a great place. It's unfortunate for us because we're always there. And it's, it literally is like negative four degrees yeah. as the high or <laughs> Celsius or whatever they use up there. Oh, I'm yeah. not really good with metrics, but... <laughs> Anyway, it's a great city. New York is by far and away the best. Yeah. I, I, the thing about Toronto, there's a hidden gem there. I learned from a friend of mine. Duff's Wings. Duff's. If you ever go back to Toronto, Duff's is the best hot wings you'll ever have in your life. Mm. I promise you. I promise you. I like their um, – uh, well, I have to – so I like it to have an energy drink before. Well, yes, this I know. They are like – there's not a lot of caffeine in theirs. There's less caffeine yes. in there. So I bring my <laughs> own with me. I bring my own coffee with me because I need caffeine, as I told you. Yes. Uh, people can get harmed if I'm not fully caffeinated. <laughs> We've seen the wrath of Yes. <laughs> Those morning games are tough. <laughs> I want to say this, Brian. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but you're a sneakerhead, too. Oh, love them. You love sneakers. Yes. What's your favorite sneaker? Well, it's always about the Jordan for me. And yes. Also, I'll tell the story. So I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa, but I grew up a Laker fan. In, in, in the sense of, I, it wasn't necessarily the Lakers, it was Magic. Oh, I love So Magic was by far and away. in the gospel here, brother. So <laughs> Magic is the whole reason I was interested in basketball, and all my friends love Jordan. Yes. Grew up in Des Moines, Iowa. You got the you got WGN, which was the, mm -hmm. the Chicago network that was actually really more of a, like a national network. Yeah. So I got to see all the Bulls games, and I was such a NBA fan. I loved it, but I didn't like Jordan. And no, I was same. Always, I was always a fan of Magic. Same. But I loved his shoes. Yes, yes. And I couldn't bring myself to do it. Like I would never buy his shoes. I mean, no, I'm not buying. I'm not buying Jordans. Nope. Those things are trash. Even though deep down, I'm like, Absolutely. oh my gosh, because Magic had the Converse. You know, those purple and gold. Yeah, they, but you can't match them with anything. It was gross. They're yeah. bad. And I wondered, you know, and I wondered, what if, what if, what if the color scheme was different, or what if, you know, Converse had Jordan and they were black and red? Right. The marketing there is much different, but yes. the, the artistic value of the Jordans were so crazy. So for years and years and years, I was in denial that Magic was the better player right. and I could never concede that Jordan was the guy. Well, finally there was a day where I woke up I'm like, you know what? Jordan is the guy and a weight lifted off me. And then I found out about how they've re-released all these sneakers from yes. the past. And I, a couple years ago, I 
made up for lost time. We'll put it that way. We had a nice playoff run, and I'm like, I went to, uh, there's a website called StockX. Yes, yes. And I, I went bananas, and I still go nuts, and uh, my kids are into it. Now <laughs> the problem is, like, I can't get a new one without them going, Dad. Of course. What's up, man? Where are our threes? Where are our <laughs> ones, man? I want some Chicago ones too, Dad. Those are cool, Dad. When am I going to get them? Well, they're out there playing dig dirt with you know their jordans on but <laughs> you're like take them off <laughs> jordans are jordans are my all-time favorite i'm not a kanye west fan but i love yeezys i yes. have a few pair of those okay um i don't have enough and i do wear them like i'm a wearer yes like you, you some, don't just let them sit there. i don't i actually wear them and i love the high tops i love the low 11s um i like the 350 yeezys i like the 700s so yeah i'm i'm i really am i feel like i was repressed and <laughs> there's not a there's not a there's, i don't think the last time i had a day where i didn't go back to StockX and just see what's what are the prices <laughs> right. is there a steal out there right now <laughs> it's bad and it's you always think you've got the last pair like you know yeah. i'm good we're gonna wrap it up in a second here with brian seaman voice of the, uh, the los angeles clippers on radio brian now i have to beef with you about something um the people, all seven people that listen to my podcast, know I love peanut butter. What, oh my God! What is your beef with peanut butter, brother? Why? So what, okay. why do you hate it so much? I didn't hate it until I had kids, and so my <laughs> oldest son only eats peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yes. So he takes them to school. To his credit, he makes them, but when he puts them in the like, so the, my wife buys these containers that are hand wash only. Okay. So we don't put them in the dishwasher. Right. Right. So he eats half of his sandwich. The, the, the peanut butter is oozed out all over the place. <laughs> you need like a chisel to get it out. And I don't really enjoy the smell of it after literally two or three years of uh-huh. scraping it yes. out. I don't. So our cohort, Adam Oslin. Yes, we know who Adam loves can't the go a minute without having three sandwiches in a game, wolfing it down. And I'm like, I'm like looking around. What was that smell, man? I'm in the middle of a game, and there he is. He's got two of them in his hand. Can't stop. I know you like peanut butter, and that's all good and well. But, but that's why I don't eat anything next to you because I don't want that look. <laughs> <laughs> Adam seems to be in, impervious oh, he, to it. He's just care. like, whatever, man. He's like, I got, a, I got somebody in between us, but me, I'm just like, <laughs> you hear myself go, oh. oh. Like, I'm good, I'm good. I'll just have some water. <laughs> We're here with Brian Steven, voice of the Clippers, play-by-play on radio. Last, last thing, Brian. We're both 80s fans. We love 80s music. Yes. We love 80s pop culture. You say the greatest 80s movie ever, Back to the Future. Oh, I think it is my favorite one of all time. I really? think it's the best one. I used to be so Star Wars was always the thing. Okay, but now that they released, you know, the the last one that came out has really ruined it for me. Um, let's see here, what else? Back to the Future. I was a Goonies yes. fan, but Back oh, to the Future yes. holds up to me. Okay, and the, the, here's the issue about Back to the Future. It's not. A, it's not even with the movie. The second one has all the cool pop culture references: yes. the air mags, the shoes, yep, yep. The, you know, the hoverboards. Right. But the first one has the music. It has yes. just an incredible storyline. My boys are in it, are interested in it. I actually had um, I so long time ago it was about two years ago. I wrote a letter to my boys. Okay. All right, on this old parchment paper. It was <laughs> faded out. Yes. And it was from Doc Brown. Oh, okay. Stuck in 19, <laughs> stuck in 1775. Okay. Says, hey, I'm stuck here. You guys, I can't tell you how we met, but it's in the future and we become good friends. We meet in the year 2038. 
you gave me a code on that day to help me fix the DeLorean, and I forgot <laughs> it. It's back in my notes in 2038. I'm sending my my uh, my my assistant Adam. He's gonna come and and talk to you and see if you can remember the code. Stay tuned. Don't tell anybody. The future of the world depends on it. And the next day, I had paid for somebody to come in with a DeLorean. Oh, that is so cool. Decked man. out, and this, he comes in like in this hazmat gear. Yeah. And he's like, I'm looking for Finn and Henry, and he has the note that I had sent him as well. Wow. And my boys are like oh my gosh what is going on <laughs> and they always had so we got a dog in 2015 and that's the code for them is every oh, time they had okay. a number was they're like well let's just try 2015 and we put 2015 and uh like the air st- the airlock kind of unloaded like uh you know when uh the delorean comes yes. back into time and it, yes. the fog comes out that happened with the delorean that's in our so and cool. they so he, adam takes he's like you guys need to learn how to drive this i can't tell you why <laughs> so he takes him around a block and we go in the delorean and to this day, I swear, my they're now 10 and 8. Okay. I swear to God, they think they are going to meet Doc Brown. <laughs> I took them to Doc <laughs> Brown's house, which is in Pasadena. Yes, yes. It, it, so, I, so I will go. I will say as I go around the block to go next door, Bla- uh, Back to the Future is the best 80s movie. You go with yours. What's yours? Okay, well, there's a tie. Um, I'm a big fan of Coming to America. Oh, love, love. Eddie Murphy. Give me a break. 80s Eddie Murphy was the best. Nobody could touch him. True. The barbershop scene is one of the top oh. five scenes in the 80s. Oh, God. <laughs> the other one, because I, I aspired to be the black version of him, was Chunk from the Goonies. Because <laughs> I was always the fat kid in my crew. <laughs> so oh. you know, I would do the, 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 the truffle shuffle or the, you know, what he did. And I, I still do that to my kids to embarrass them in front of the school. Oh, so they know you can't get one over an old dad. Oh my! How about the cast though? There, uh, you oh, got Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin, and then yes. uh, Sean Astin yes. went on to be uh, a Hobbit. And, yes, but the, I saw that movie in theaters at least twenty times. Same. Remember, movies used to be like yes. a dollar for yes. us, and we go. Course. and Our parents would be like a babysitter for yep. us, or we walk over <laughs> to the theater. Go. <laughs> and I, I could, rec- I used to think that that was a. Uh, a turn on for the ladies in fifth grade. So I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like reciting all the movies in, yeah. in the recess, and they seemed interested, but I think they were more interested in like, what's this guy's problem, <laughs> as opposed to, is this guy available? Yeah, I think that was. I got that confused a little bit, but I, that's a good one, and it I, is. I agree with your choices. I agree okay. with them. Okay, yes. well, I'm glad that we agree. We do, we do. Because, you know, I'd be worried if we weren't. Maybe not on peanut butter, but on <laughs> well, certainly see, that, 80s flicks. That's your only downfall is the peanut butter thing, man. I understand tuna. Oh, Because I can't stand that smell. Nope. I can't smell ketchup. I can't stand the smell of ketchup. Makes me want to gag. Do you eat it? I do. Okay. See, it's I'm, weird. I, I, I can eat it. I'm with you. I can't smell it. Like My son... So we have the ketchup bottles that you turn upside yes, down, right? Yes, well, he doesn't do that. He leaves it up. So <laughs> oh. then he just then he just kind of squeezes it like oh, while he's doing it. And it, oh, it, it feels, I am totally with you. And oh I'm my like, God. and my wife buys the organic ketchup, so there's a oh, different stench to it. Yes. And I'm like, what is? I, it'll take me a minute to like I'm eating. I'm like, what is that smell? And I'll look over at him, and he's just eating. No, just <laughs> squeezing the bottle. Oh, it's oh, bad no, news. I'm with you on that, Brian. Thank you so much for coming this is on fun. the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm hoping that we get to see a lot of each other in these next few weeks. Oh, it would be good. Um, because this team is something special, I believe. And I haven't been around something this special since the 2004 Dodgers. So it's a pleasure working with you. It's a pleasure having you on my podcast. I can't thank you enough for doing this. We podcast. have fun every night. This, every was, this night. was a blast. Yeah, and we get paid to have fun. That's it's crazy, right? Sh- sh- oh, oh, I, bring that up. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so, thanks for coming on, brother. Anytime, my man. All right. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. All right, yeah, so thanks again, Brian Seaman, radio voice of the Los Angeles Clippers, for coming on to the Big Brother Jake podcast. How dope is that? I mean, 
he hired someone to come in a DeLorean and impress his two sons. Like, damn. Like, put us all to shame, Brian. I mean, the coolest thing I've ever done is uh, I surprised my girls with a trip to Disney World last summer. And I thought I was, you know, the dopest dad on the planet. Oh, no. Thanks, Brian. Setting the bar high. Hope my kids don't listen to that. They can listen to every segment but that one. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. Um, there was a national catastrophe this uh, past afternoon on March 12th. And I hope everybody got through it. I went through some serious um, withdrawals. Um, I was hurt. I was scared. I was afraid. It was one of the greatest catastrophes of recent times. Oh, my God. Facebook and Instagram went down. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? Man, I'll make light of it, but I'll be damned if I didn't check 20 or 30 times, okay, 40 or 50 times to make sure the damn Instagram was working. <laughs> damn. I just realized today how sad I am, man. Like, I can't get through the day without checking my damn social media. Wow. <laughs> now, for some of us, it's very helpful for a business. A lot of people got side hustles. These celebrities use their Instagram to make their money. People with half-assed podcasts like myself use it to promote podcasts, episodes coming up. Took about five hours to get my best and humorous post up about Auntie Becky going to jail for her Varsity Blues, Operation Varsity Blues mishap, whatever. But damn, like people's days were ruined. Like ruined. Like, damn, this sucks. I can't go on Instagram. I actually have to do some damn work today. I actually, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, production at most work spots went up 40% today. Can't get those memes out, which I love doing, by the way. Can't go on and see your favorite celebrities or go on your favorite team's uh, Instagram accounts or check uh, Instagram accounts of your favorite sports teams that made trades. Damn. The IG and Facebook blackout of 2019 was for real, y'all. Like, for real. Like, damn. The winner in all of this today, Twitter and Snapchat. <laughs> Why, you ask? Because I went on Twitter to promote the show, of course, and check out some stuff, try to find some stuff going on for the podcast to record tonight. But I'll be damned if every other person was not pissed off about Instagram and Twitter going down. Damn. You mean we actually have to interact with real people now? Man, I won't do that. I, man, I barely want to answer the phone. Like, damn, I got a phone and why are people calling me on it? I use it for the internet. <laughs> but for real, like, I just realized how sad my life could be sometimes. You know, it's well documented. And for those that don't know or haven't heard you know, previous podcast, I have an addiction with my phone. I have an addiction with social media, all right? So I was hurting, not going to lie. I was hurting pretty bad because <laughs> I wasn't able to access it. 
And I was feeling kind of bad, like, damn, like, I must have my, I must have the problem. Like, I, I need to go back and, like, maybe recharge and deactivate another 30 days. But I am not the only one. The biggest complaint on Twitter was Instagram and Facebook being down. And WhatsApp, you know, I have a WhatsApp account like most of us do out there. And people use it because they, they do business overseas and you can make calls on it through, you know, Wi-Fi and whatnot. That's down because it's owned by Facebook and Instagram. So people were like, what the hell? The biggest catastrophe of 2019 has taken place. So I just want to make sure everybody's okay. It's up and running again because I was able to promote this particular episode of the podcast. But once again, <laughs> mankind has failed us once again. I hope you guys are recouped and you're okay. And, you know, I, I do set aside a piece of my night to use Instagram and Facebook because I don't go out no more. I don't party that much here and there. And so that's like the highlight when everyone else is asleep and I can't go to sleep. But I'm glad y'all survived the catastrophe. And speaking of Instagram and selfies and whatnot, the other day I saw a story that just baffled me. Now, I get it. I've done some very stupid stuff in my day, okay? I've, I don't even want to get into it. Some of it's been documented on this podcast. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's 18 other episodes you can download and listen to, which, by the way, Stephen A. Smith's been on the show, Olympic gold medalist Amy Van Dyken, former Super Bowl champion James Washington. You can go back, soundcloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake podcast, Spotify, Google, Play, iTunes, all of that, it's all archived. I've mentioned that, okay? So go back and listen to those. You can hear some of the crazy stories I've done, what I've been into, and, and whatnot. But we all want to get that perfect selfie, the one where people are like, damn, you did that? But sometimes people take it a little too far. There's a zoo outside of Phoenix, like 20 minutes outside of Phoenix. Won't say the lady's name because... Bad enough, she's going through hell right now. Her own doing, by the way. She decides that she wants to get a selfie with a Jaguar or a Jaguar. I've heard the car commercial so much. Jaguar. It's a Jaguar, okay? Jaguar, 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 Jaguar. Okay. She decides, I'm going to get a selfie with a Jaguar. Now, in a zoo where there's confined areas and barriers, they have those barriers up for a reason. The reason for those barriers is because the jaguars are wild animals. You don't need to go in there. They like to eat things. They like to kill an instinct. They are wild animals. But being the arrogant, walking upright humans that we are, sometimes... A, we don't use logic, and B, oh, it'll never happen to us. Well, the joke's on her because something bad really happened. She decides, hey, I know it's a barrier there. I'm going to hop over the barrier and get my selfie. Not so fast, uh, smart woman. <laughs> so she goes up to the Jaguar, gets her camera ready, sticks her arm out, and... <laughs> 
<laughs> That's probably exactly what she heard as the Jaguar <laughs> ate her off for lunch. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm so childish. I got to play this again. This, this is an actual sound of a Jaguar. <laughs> it sounds like it's burping the whole time, but you don't want to... <laughs> You don't want to hear that while it's gnawing your arm off. So, uh, <laughs> so it gets some. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm mature. I'm mature because we got to wrap this up. So, a nice, kind, good Samaritan <laughs> put a water bottle into the uh, to the, into the cage to distract the jaguar, and the jaguar let go of the victim's arm. <laughs> Sorry, and, and 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 pretty much rescued her. At that point, her arm was like lacerated terribly, and she bled heavily. But she survived. She kept her arm, and good on the zoo for not putting the jaguar to sleep. How many times are we gonna do this? I get it, man. Like you want to get that perfect shot, but what to get thirty-four likes? On your account, like, is that worth it to you? Like, really? And if you would have tried to post it today, it wouldn't have mattered because Instagram was down all day anyway. <laughs> ah, let me play it again. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. All right. That's enough. That's enough. We're done. We're done today. We're done. We're done. We're done. Thank you again for tuning in to the Big Brother Jake podcast. <laughs> I want to give a special thanks to Brian Seaman. Uh, radio play-by-play voice of the Los Angeles Clippers for coming on. Um, that was a cool story. Um, <laughs> also want to thank the lady that got you know eaten up by the Jaguar. and She survived, so it's funny. But it's, just don't mess with them. All right? <laughs> so spread the word. Get it out. Big Brother Jake podcast. New podcast coming next week. No doubt. Rain or shine. Snow. Whatever. Ugh. Gotta stop. All right. Until next week. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Deuces. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. 